Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of livehealthy.ae, and this is the livehealthy.ae podcast. Each week, we will interview leaders in the UAE's health and wellness community, and we'll explore topics you read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women. And now it's time to meet this week's guest. So today on the livehealthy.ae podcast, we have uh, Dr. Laura Holland. She is a newly minted uh, PhD in integrative medicine. Uh, She's also author of a lovely book, Your Beautiful Body, A Guide to Eating and Loving Your Body Light, nutritionist, well-being expert. Um, She's been consulting with private and corporate clients for more than a decade and is really passionate about helping people to find relief from a pervasive and endemic diet culture and healing our relationship with food and promoting uh, body acceptance. And we're really lucky to have her on the Live Healthy.ae um, expert panel as well. So she most recently has written about how if you're empathetic, you need extra nourishment. So check that story out. Um, so welcome, Laura. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. We were just saying we haven't seen each other in a long time, but we're going to fix that soon. And I'm seeing you now, so that's good. <laughs> that is good. That is good. So I was looking back at your book um, that you published uh, and I saw that you talked about your journey from, you know, it's hard to believe you were an economist and to becoming, you know, a therapist in nutrition and how that you talk in the book about how that overhauled your relationship to food and really got you started on the path that you were on. So can you just tell me how you used to be when you were an economist and how you... (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well... Um, I loved my degree in economics and when I um, graduated I got a job actually as an economic analyst in a really uh, cool firm in London and whilst I loved my degree I um, uh, my work was great you know it was it was interesting it was engaging it was very number orientated formulas, equations, you know, if it it didn't fit in the data, then it just didn't fit and it wasn't a conversation. And I must be honest, that that certainly was a huge part of my personality. I was very much a a black and white person, two plus two equals four. Um, And I really approached food in that same um, mechanical, um, numerical, statistical way. And really try to look at food as either points or numbers or calories, like many people do that are that are dieting. Food starts to become a number rather than um, uh, rather than anything else. You know, we we qualify all these different types of food by how many points they have or how many calories they are and, or what their macros are. And I loved all of that. It really kind of spoke to my. Um, to my personality and to my skill set being trained as as an economist. Um, But as I um, developed more in my relationship and with my interest in in my own health, really what sparked my change of um, career direction was was my own health and well-being and my own issues with food and my body image. Um, And I started to realize that 
that way of looking at food in my body, that very um, statistical, analytical, data-orientated way just wasn't working. Like I genuinely felt that I was um, plugging in the right numbers, so to speak, into the formula, like literally like eating all the right foods at all the right times, but I wasn't getting the output that I was expecting. So it, it just didn't add up. Like what I was eating and what I was experiencing in my physical body in terms of weight and also my energy levels and how I felt about my body just were not equating. And so it, it, it was very frustrating, to be honest. I, I felt really irritated by that. Uh, you know, how, you know, what's wrong with my body? Uh, I'm doing all the right things. I'm trying so hard. You know, what's wrong with me, basically? And it, it got to a point where I, you know, I'm a pretty logical person. I, I, I felt that I tried every avenue um, in that sort of mindset. And then one day I just thought, you know, there's got to be something that I'm missing. There must be a different way. There's got to be a bigger piece of this pie quite literally that I have not factored into this, to this whole kind of formula of my, of my body and eating and all of that. And that really was the beginning of a shift in how I started to um, research about food, to engage with food. I started to um, look at, you know, more of Ayurvedic principles, yogic principles, mind and body principles and understand a much more holistic view was moving away from this um, analytical, very um, numerical points, number-based um, analysis. So basically your philosophy, just tell us what your philosophy and what you help your clients with when it comes to food. I believe that there is not one right way of eating that suits everybody. So everyone has to find what works and feels good for them. And in that way, they can achieve balance and the body that they're wanting and feel comfortable in, in the most efficient and easy way possible. So it's almost like taking the path of least resistance. When you find what works for your body, it is easy, it is natural, and your body does find its balance. And then all the other health issues that you're concerned with begin to start remedy them, remedying themselves. Weight starts to reduce quite naturally. It's not a big struggle. It's not a big effort. But what is, is really pivotal to that is to have an ability to slow down a little bit and to find some conscious contact with your own body to really be able to listen to your body and understand what is biofeedback is is telling you that's really the only way that you start to really understand what's going to work for your body so a lot of my work with clients in the beginning especially is teaching them practices that help them to slow down become more aware of themselves more aware of what a certain food what its response is in their body. Because when you start to really pay attention to that information, you can piece it together. And what you begin to formulate is a really personalized, tailored way of eating that's just perfect for your body. And I believe strongly that that is the key 
for each of us to be able to find. And in, and in doing so, it's, it's not so much just a physical journey. It, it's an emotional one too, and a mental journey. So it really is taking the whole person into, into account. And it really, to me, it, it seems like you have to learn to trust yourself in a way that you wouldn't have done before because everyone's telling you, you've heard for decades, calories in, calories out. I still hear that all the time. Um, and you're hearing all the different styles of eating and you, you're saying you can fit in between those and it's fine, but do people have a hard time believing you? <laughs> Absolutely. I had a hard, like in the beginning, I mean, I've tried so many diets and, you know, done all the different types of eating and exercise plans. When I first started, um, being much more intuitive with this process, you know, I, I literally had to. Um, switch off any kind of, you know, the usual channels that I'd follow on Facebook or, you know, the usual dieting um, magazines or um, websites that I'd, that I'd look to because we are bombarded by eat this, don't eat that, or eat this way and not that way, this many calories, you know, cut out this food group, you know, that that is relentless. And even if you're not aware of it, it really is being programmed you know, in your brain. So I completely understand because it was also my personal experience that, you know, it was, it was, I was scared to eat in a way that my body was telling me that I wanted to, because I'd been also almost feared into, um, you know, that I needed to restrict and control and manage and be careful what I ate. You know, those sorts of programs and habits, they don't just, go overnight you know it really does take some compassion for yourself and some patience with yourself to to really start to move through that and you know and it's little by little it's not it's not a huge leap because that can feel really quite scary for people it's just step by step little by little we we deprogram some of those um those beliefs that have that have um penetrated our system and replace it with the wisdom and the intelligence that the latest research in nutrition and mind-body nutrition is telling us. So it's not just a, huge, a complete leap of faith. It's actually replacing those old, um, that old paradigm of dieting and the diet mentality with what we now understand to be true in the realms of epigenetics and mind-body nutrition and emotional states. On our, on our body as well. Okay, and I want to go back to epigenetics, but I just, you know, there are, there is a very popular plan out there, the whole 30 plan that gets you to, to take a huge leap where you just eliminate basically everything <laughs> except, you know, protein and vegetables and good fats and, and see, and then add food back in and tell you what's bothering you. That sounds like it's sort of the opposite of what you're suggesting. I wondered what you thought about that method and how you do you advise people to do it. Yeah, well, to be honest, the whole thirty I think has does have its plus points because you know what that really sets up is this environment where um, it sets up an environment where once you've eliminated those foods and you've got a baseline and you are actually feeling good about, you know, what, what you're eating in, in the whole 30 is actually feeling good for your body. So it's very important to pay attention that what you're eating on the whole 30 actually is having a good and positive response to your body. 
But then when you start introducing foods back, it gives you the perfect environment in which to really identify what works for your body and what doesn't. So in that way, a system where you go back to basics, and it's important that you find the basics that are appropriate for your body, but in doing so, and then incorporating food slowly, you do give yourself the opportunity to really kind of feel what foods are working for you and which foods aren't, because it's usually quite obvious, especially when you've had a, a gap, you know, a break from those, your usual types of foods. So it's a really stark experience usually. Then when you suddenly eat something again, and it's like, wow, you're bloated and you're like, oh, wow, that's, that wasn't good. You know, you can't miss it. Uh, so it definitely has its benefits in, in that in that context. And, and so epigenetics, I just want you to explain that to people and how what you eat can actually change your health and how that yeah, works. Exactly. It, it, it's a fascinating area. Epigenetics basically means above the genes. We used to believe in the the... the the how can we say the popular biological model believed that our genes determined our health expression and what your genes were are what they are and basically your um that's your health destinies determined by your genes what we now understand is that's not true that we can influence our gene behavior i.e we can influence whether our genes are signaling in on or off and in that case, whether we have a propensity for a certain disease or not. And that signaling is very much determined by environment, both in terms of food and so the internal environment, but also our external environment, our lifestyle, our emotional state, whether we're uh, in a chronic state of stress or whether we're relatively happy and at ease and peaceful. Those these things directly impact the gene expression, which then has a direct impact on the health that we experience. So really, it's the difference in saying that our genes are our destiny, which is the old model of understanding of biology, which is now replaced by that actually our lifestyle and what we choose um, impacts the genes and so determines our health destiny, which is really exciting. Um, now, I met you, we were trying to figure out maybe seven or eight years ago, and I had one of the most effective sessions. I'm probably your nightmare client because I only had one <laughs> due to like my own busyness. You told me the two things I remember from that were life-changing. And you said, you've said this many times, your stomach doesn't have teeth. So you have no. to chew your food, which I had never done. I had inhaled my food my whole life. And the other thing you told me was that I should be eating warmer foods like soups and stews. And I had always thought, Salad, salad, salad. You know, you're supposed to be eating crudite and salad. So the, this, this, first of all, the chewing, I'm just like, I just want to ask you again, what's the, can you explain, I know, can you explain what goes into that and why that works on, on multiple levels, like a mental level and a physical level? Absolutely. On a, let's start with the physical level first, because it's really obvious. Our the digestive process largely begins when we start to chew our food. 
if we don't chew our food, then we don't release the um, digestive enzymes in the mouth that begin the digestive process to break down proteins. Also, when we're chewing, we actually begin to alkalize our food. That's also super important for your health, well-being, and digestion as a whole. But more than that, we if we don't chew our food, then basically we're swallowing chunks of food. And in the stomach, your stomach doesn't have teeth, so it literally cannot break them down any further. So inside your stomach, then you've got chunks of food that your body is going to find really difficult to digest. And anything that it doesn't digest properly becomes, um, well, basically it stays there and then ferments, becomes toxic, creates gas, bubbles, air, and discomfort, basically, which ultimately leads to a, a reduction in your digestive ability which will certainly increase your propensity to store weight or to feel heavy, particularly around your stomach area, which just does not feel good. Um, no one likes to feel bloated and, you know, um, and heavy. It, it just, it really does occupy your mind. And so chewing your food is one of the easiest ways to have a more comfortable body experience, especially after you've eaten. And there's a famous saying that a badly chewed, a well-chewed burger is better for your waistline than a badly chewed salad. And you can test it for yourself. Like, you know, you know, eat whatever you're eating. You know, if you change nothing in your diet for the next week, but really consciously chewed your food and only swallowed it when it was chewed really well, I guarantee you would notice a difference in how you felt in your stomach. I think you'd have a reduction in bloating, a reduction in gas, and generally feel more comfortable. Okay. So on a physical level, it's it's really important. On an emotional level, if we're not chewing our food, then we kind of, we, it means we're rushing it. So we're not giving ourselves chance to enjoy the pleasure of food or to even... Um, give our body a chance to absorb the emotional nourishment that eating provides. And so if we don't give ourselves a chance to really enjoy that pleasure and absorb that emotional nourishment, I think we go through the day always feeling unsatisfied or unfulfilled and, and have a tendency to eat more because we just don't feel like we've, we've gotten what we need. So if we slow down and chew our food really well, emotionally we're much able to we're much more able to connect with our food and enjoy it, and, and that's really an important part of the eating experience. And the cooked food versus salads—that's not true for every person and every body type. But could you just sort of go into why you were able to say that for me, and what you might say to someone else, you know, and why? Yeah, this certainly isn't true for every body type, but the what I see a lot is um, men and women who have been typical dieters um, have, have tended to more of the raw food, uh, eating lots of salads, especially at lunchtime, but at the same time, also being quite busy, very stressed in their lives, fast-paced, and compromised digestions, which... You, if, you all, if you add all of that up together, you have a perfect storm in, in terms of your digestive ability. And raw food, especially crunchy, wet, cold salads that can be really healthy and refreshing for some people. If you're one of those people I've just mentioned that are stressed, busy, 
and have a weakened digestive system, eating that food can be really difficult for your body to process and break down and basically leave you feeling bloated um, and uncomfortable. And it also means that actually you're not able to get the goodness from the food from because it's not been able to be broken down as well as it needs to be. And so in that case, helping your body a little bit by having, um, you know, soups, food that's a little bit warmer, a little bit softer and easier on your digestion. I always give the analogy of imagine you're all stressed and in a rush and you, you, and for whatever the reason, you, 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 that's not the best time to have a bath, but just imagine you were to have a bath, that you jumped in a bath that was ice cold water and the effect of your body would be like, you know, it would be, it, your body would tense up and it would be, you know, it would be shocked. Whereas if you got into a nice warm bath, your body relaxes, you feel calm and soothed. And the same kind of happens inside your body when you eat something cold, raw and crunchy, but it is warm, uh, comforting and, and gentle. Now, what do you see still out in the media that just makes you shudder that you would like to? just phone the reporter or the writer or whatever and say stop what what do you see these days I think it's the the continuation of the the diet mindset what I've seen is it's it's continually changing form these days whether it's to be vegan or whether to be paleo or to you know um certain food groups it's this ever-changing form of the diet mindset which basically says don't listen to your body listen to this plan and this is the right thing to do and it's that that I think is the most damaging it's almost like uh, it's this perpetual um information to each of us to stop listening to what our body is saying and to stop trusting our body and instead put our faith into this this plan which has no concept of what our body or personal constitution is and it, it creates this disconnect that is I think now on epidemic global proportions in people of all nationalities ages man and woman we feel really disconnected with our body. And I think this diet mindset has really perpetuated that disconnection. And, and that's, that's why I think it's so damaging. It's, it's not so much what they say do and don't do. It's the fact that they are telling you to do this and don't do that without any regard for actually what your body is needing, what you're going through in your life at the moment, you know, how old you are, what your life circumstances are. You know, all of that needs to be factored in when you start to uh, intelligently choose what to eat and how to eat it. And every plan really teaches you to completely disassociate from that and just follow something blindly. And I really don't think that's a healthy thing for a human being to be doing. It makes me want to read something from your book when you say that. Um, Okay, it isn't so much what you do, but why you do it. This is what your body is really listening and responding to. Your beliefs, emotions, and intentions imbue the food you eat and ultimately determine how well it will be digested. If the goodness will be unlocked and absorbed by your body and it will leave you feeling satisfied and content. You cannot eat celery sticks out of sheer restriction and diet-mindedness. 
chew your way through them begrudgingly, and then expect your body to respond in kind. So I'm interested in your, the notion that like your thoughts along with the food you're eating make a difference. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Cause that's a bit out there for some people, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, if we think about it really logically and practically, if, if we're, if we sat down to eat a salad and we're eating this salad because we think we have to, we don't really want to, but we feel like we need to only eat a certain amount of calories. So we've got a certain, we've got a restricted mindset going on there. We're sat now eating this salad. We're not enjoying it. Nothing about it feels that good. We're just eating because we think we should and we feel like we should. Then that is the environment in which that food is being digested in your body. And it's really important to understand the connection between the mind and the body and that the two are not separate. So if you're doing something or eating something that doesn't feel good, that's being done from a mindset of restriction or not feeling very good about yourself, that you need to fix something, then the outcome of that can never feel good, if that makes sense. It's like when you do something with an intention of, you know, to restrict and then you go through this process and you don't enjoy it. You're not then suddenly going to feel amazing afterwards. It's, 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 that's not how the chain of causational manifestation works. And we can also understand that in the sense of the mind really does tell the body how to function, under which state to operate. So if we've got feelings of negativity, feelings and thoughts of stress, then those thoughts signal to the brain send release chemicals that are more conducive to a stressed environment rather than a peaceful and happy environment and under condition of stress your physical body just doesn't digest food that well because all of its energy is being sent to vital organs to prepare your body for a stress fight or flight situation so if you're approaching food with a restrictive mindset you don't feel good about it you're not enjoying it the brain is then sending chemistry through your body that does not that is not conducive to that food being digested with ease and digested fully in a way that you're going to absorb all the good stuff and whatever is not needed is going to be let go with ease so that's how the mind really does impact what we eat and the effect of it now, can you just tell me what's got you really excited lately in the sort of in developments? Uh, what's what's sort of the new thing that's got you excited in your field? Oh, so many things, especially because I've just finished my um, my uh, my PhD. Actually, I think to touch back on what we were just talking about, this the understanding now the. Um, the mechanism that is now understood from a perspective of, of quantum physics, how our mind and our emotions impact the physical body um, and that true healing 
um, actually can be a process that is mental and emotional rather than just looking to food um, to, to be something that fixes, in inverted commas, all the problems. Um, the understanding that actually if we start to make little tweaks in our eating, but, but really pay attention to our mental health and our emotional health, that's when we can gain the most ground and really start to uh, experience the true health and well-being that is our natural way. So I really am excited about this um, attention. Whilst food is important, it's not the it's not the whole story. And I'm really excited about that because for so long, especially anyone that's been in, in a diet mindset, food is the thing. You know, that's what we put all our attention and energy onto. And now to understand this science that says, actually, yes, food matters, but wow, your mental state and your emotional health, they inform your physical body. They inform your metabolism. They inform your digestion and how you're going to deal with food. That for me is super exciting because it takes a little bit of the heat off of food and we can relax our relationship with food a little bit and start to get to the heart of what really matters. And that's our relationship with ourselves and, and our mental well-being. And I think that's really much needed for so many people. Oh, that's wonderful, Laura. Okay, I'm going to leave it there, but I hope we get to talk to you again. You're full of, full of great stuff and congratulations on your PhD. So excited for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Okay, have a great day. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the livehealthy.ae podcast.